Amen. I'm going to continue talking about we overcome. And um, before I get into that, just what an awesome word in the second service we had last week by our founding pastor, a word for 2020. That 2020 be, will continue to be a year of marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. But also that it's a year of new doors opening, new opportunities, new doors opening that will bring about supernatural increase. Amen. Do you receive that word? And I'm looking forward to hearing what the Lord's deposited in his heart for us and for the body of Christ. And, and, and because we know through it and through the prophetic word that's given, it's, it's, it's about bringing us to the place that God has for each one of us. You know, and, and, and what my heart is a pastor, I believe that place is a place of victory. I believe it's living a victorious life. In first John chapter five, what this church is all about is, is about making winners in life. Right. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Right. And then verse four, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You see, you see, because because you receive Jesus on the inside of your heart and you are a new creation. And I dealt with this in the first service last week that that the DNA on the inside of you is a winner. The DNA on the inside of you is a victorious champion. You say, well, pastor, you don't understand where I came from, pastor. You don't understand what I've gone through, pastor. You don't understand what's happening to you. You know what? I don't belittle that. I don't make light of that. I've been through challenges. I've been through difficult things, but I'm standing here today that, that I have a savior, that I have a living savior that sits on the throne that ever lives and abides and make intercession for me. And he, he, he is interceding for me. Why? Because he wants me to overcome every obstacle, every challenge, every disappointment, every delay, every loss, everything that I may be experiencing in this life. He desires me to rise above it, right? He desires me not to be under their circumstances, but rise above the circumstances. I, I don't want to be a, a, a product of, of my past. I want to be, I want to be a product of his presence. I don't want to be a product of, of, of just living day to day based on what happened yesterday. I want to live knowing what God has done for me so I can step into all he has for me. You, you have a DNA of a winner on the inside of you. Go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Just lay, lay a foundation about this, this aspect that, that you are a winner whether you, whether you're winning on the outside or not, that's not the point. I, I'm not, I'm not to speak to you about necessarily where you were yesterday. I want to speak to you where God wants you to go today and, and rest of your life. But you have to understand the reality of this relationship that was provided for by Jesus. In Romans chapter five, verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all, all have sinned. So whereas by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. You see, death came in when man sinned. It wasn't, it, it wasn't something necessarily you and I have done. It was something that Adam did. And all of a sudden, Adam took on the nature of the enemy. He took on the nature of the God of this world. 
You know, um, thank you, Father. You see, sin, sin really boiled down to what, what causes people to live a lifestyle of sin? It, it's, a, it's, a, it's an aspect of, it really comes down to me, I believe, selfishness. Adam and Eve wanted to lay hold of something that would benefit them, not what they were allowing the whole kingdom on the line. Father, help me here. Let me come back to that for a moment. Let me, now, now listen, verse 17, it says, For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. I mean, because of what Adam did, death reigned to all men. Thank you, Father. Much more, they that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. Now get this, death passed upon all men because of one man's disobedience. Because of one man's selfishness, it affected generations after them. But because of one man's obedience, life came. Now, let me revert because see, like, I don't want to belittle things and challenges and things that you faced. Things you've gone through. We've all, all had those seasons. But the issue, whether it be your parents, whether it be relatives, whether it be uh, past leaders, whether it be other nations, whatever it is, is people if, without Christ can only lead their lives according to the fallen nature of Adam. Which means they make decisions not based on necessarily because of because because their intent was to hurt you or their intent was to destroy nations or destroy whole try to destroy a whole people group groups. What happened was is because of selfishness and what they wanted and not realizing how it would affect generations. It now may have left you in a quandary. It may have left you broken It may have left you hurt. See through one man's disobedience. Maybe through past generations or, or past people groups, it hurt people in the future. But yet you can't, you have to understand that they could, they, they were only doing what they knew to do according to Adam. And they, 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 you, they, they it was just out of this, this selfish nature that was given. Thank you, Father. But through one man, Jesus. Through one man's obedience. See, the answer is Jesus. Whether it was Adam or whether it was generations before you, whether it was other people groups, whatever it is, the answer to bring life to you is Jesus. Through one man's obedience. Through one man's obedience. Verse 18 says, therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men to justification for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. You see, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you, you are no, you no longer have to be a partaker of that old nature. You no longer have to live according to the old nature. You no longer have to find your strength in the old nature. You no longer have to find your strength in and of yourself, but you can find your strength through the one man, Jesus, who brought life 
to all men. Say, say this with me. Jesus, Jesus is on the inside of me. And because Jesus is on the inside of me, I can win. I can overcome in Jesus name. Go to second Corinthians chapter six. You see, because of what Jesus did, you have the right to win. You have the right to overcome. Like I said, I'm not belittling things that other people may have done to you or things that you've gone through. But I'm telling you, your story is not over yet. The story is not over yet. You see, when Adam fell in the garden, Adam and Eve fell in the garden. Immediately after Adam fell, God said, God said, I'm sending one. I'm sending one and he's going to bruise your head and you're going to bruise his heel. Meaning, meaning what happened and what caused you to feel defeated, what caused you to be in this place of guilt, in this place of condemnation, in this place of fear because of be, be, that this Jesus is coming, this one is coming and he's going to reverse it all. And I want you to know whatever you've gone through. Through, through the, of what the enemy has done in your life. Because the bottom line, what you've gone through, the root of it is the enemy. The root of it is the enemy. He's the root. He's the, he's the root. He's the, the father of lies. He doesn't, he can't tell the truth. He can't tell the truth. You know, I, I remember being in bondage to pornography and in bondage to alcohol. And I, I, and I remember, you know, when you're a bondage to something is if you think one more time is going to be the freedom you need or one more time is going to be the thing that will get you over. But it's always it's always a lie. And it will never bring about the thing. So when I talk about previous generations, they, they were, they were, they were making decisions that would benefit them thinking that if I just do this, some eventually one day it's going to get better. But the only thing to make it better is Jesus. You know, the apostle of Jesus said this in John 16, he says, in the world, you will have tribulation. But he says, what? But be of good cheer. Find joy. Be of good cheer. Because what I have overcome the world. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. What, what is Paul referring to? He's calling to, there's things that are going to happen that people are going to do. Nations are going to do. People groups are going to do. And what it's going to do, it's going to bring tribulation to your life. And it wasn't God's plan to bring the tribulation to your life. Jesus, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. But he says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He said this in the Amplified, says, I have deprived it of its power to harm you. Meaning there's things that our people are going to do because of a fallen nature. There's things that are going to be going to do because they're selfish. There's things that people are going to do because really deep down because of that nature, they don't know any better. Because they're just thinking about themselves. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 5. He says, for when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. Our flesh had no rest. And the word flesh there means the nature, the, the nature of man apart from God, the nature of man. It also refers to the senses 
Thank you, Father. It refers to the senses. It refers to reasoning. So he says, our flesh had no rest. That word rest means to receive. It means to be free from anxiety. So what is Paul? What is Paul saying? He said, when I came to Macedonia, he said, my natural man, my senses, what I can see, what I can hear. My reasoning was I had no freedom from anxiety. He says, this is in my flesh. He's not talking about, he's talking about his, he's not talking about his spirit. He says, my flesh. He goes, really in the natural, I had no rest. He says this, he says, but he goes, but we were troubled on every side. I mean, everywhere I looked, there was distress. Everywhere I looked, there was pressure. Everywhere that I looked, there, I, I was having, felt like I had to please people. I felt like I had to please everyone else. I felt like I had to do this in myself. We were troubled on every side. And then he says this, without were fightings and within were fears. Without were fightings and within were fears. What does that mean? Without, meaning, meaning all around me there was contention. All around me there was strife. All around me. And he says, within me were fears. See, Paul is speaking from a standpoint of how he felt in the natural. Why? Because he was going through tribulation. And the tribulation was the result of what other people were doing and what the current state of the world was. Paul's a, he had to deal with, with, with governments. He had to deal with, with, with the, the religious leaders. He had to deal with people, uh, leaving him for dead. He had people dealing with him and, and, and all the while, while he's going through these things, he says, you know, I have needs to stand before Caesar shipwrecked. He goes, well, you know, this is going to be without loss. Why? Because I know I've got to stand before Caesar. But yet that didn't, that didn't make him exempt from people living under an old nature. You see, the things that we experience in our world today are just a result of people that don't know Jesus personally. And they're living out of a selfish nature. Look at our society today. Trouble on every side. Without, we're fightings. I mean, I think that's a pretty good description of of what's going on in our world today. Another word for fighting is there is strife. That's why you and I as, as believers that we have to live free from strife. And he says within were fears. Let's go, let's go back a few chapters to chapter four. Verse eight. Thank you, father. Paul said this, he goes, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. You see, so, so I want you to see that it's possible. No matter where you are or what you're facing. That you can overcome. It doesn't matter what so-and-so said. 
It doesn't matter what this person is saying or what this people grew or what laws are created or, or what's, it doesn't matter. The thing is you have to be like, we have to be like the apostle Paul. We're troubled on We may be troubled on every side, yet I'm not distressed. Meaning I'm not finding my strength from what's happening around me. I'm not, I'm not finding my, my, um, strength from what's happening around me. You see, we, because what we, we have a new DNA. When you made Jesus, the Lord of your life, you became an overcomer. Paul is saying here, yes, I may be attacked. Yes, other people may be hurting me. Yes, things might have been said. Yes, someone's trying to stop me. Yes, someone's trying to destroy my life. But yet, I'm not going to let it stop me. Why? Because I have the DNA of Jesus on the inside of me. The same one that said through one man's disobedience, death reigned. Is also the same man through obedience of one shall many reign in this life. Because of Jesus, we're called to reign in this life, in this life. You know, some people say, well, one day in heaven, you know, I'm going to have victory. No, I reign in this life. So you can reign in this life. You can reign victorious in this life. Get a revelation that wherever you, whatever you've been through in the past, whatever someone tried to do to you, tell, just have this thing. It can't stop me. You know, there, I love there's a rap song by Andy Minio and it says, you can't stop me. I, I love that song. You, you can't stop me. Now, I'm not saying that in myself, but, but with Jesus on the inside, you can't stop me. See, so eat now, even if my flesh dies, even if I die, you know, he took away the sting of death. Amen. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, so if he kills me, it ha- I just said to enter into my greater inheritance. Amen. So the enemy has no power over me in life or in death. Hallelujah. See, you just have to see things from eternal perspective. See, and so how could Paul say, I'm troubled on every side, yet not distressed? Let's look at a couple verses before this. Oh, Lord, help me get this out this morning. Hallelujah. For the sake of time, let's just do verse, verse 6 and 7. For a God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. For God, verse six again, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. What he's saying, what is he saying here? What's he referring to here? Some of you heard me teach on this before, but in Genesis one, it says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void. Original, really the translation is it became without form and void. God doesn't create anything void of anything. God always creates something with a purpose. He doesn't create something chaotic. It became that way. I don't have time to go into what he's referring to here. But, but what happens is when God looked at the state of chaos, when God looked at the state of the confusion, when he looked at the state of, uh, of, of what things were like, what did God say? He said, he said the the spirit of God hovered upon the, the face of the deep and God said, light be. So, so what did God do? God said, light be in the midst of the darkness. And what, what happened? Light became. 
That's not when the sun, that's not when the sun or the moon created. That, those were created days after. But, but what God, God said, said what was chaotic, I'm going to speak light into it and it's going to bring change to the chaos. So, so when Paul says this, God who commanded light in the darkness has shined in our hearts. You see, there was a time when Justin's life was chaotic. There was a time when my life had no form, my life had no purpose, my life had no direction, where, where I was destroying my life, other people were doing things in my life, but yet at the same time, when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, light came in. And where I was in a state of chaos, now I was in a state of peace. So Paul was saying the same thing. And how did it come? It came in the face of Jesus Christ. Don't have time to keep going on that. Verse seven says, but we have this treasure, but we have this treasure. We have this treasure in heaven. We have this treasure somewhere out in the atmosphere. We'll have this treasure one day in the sweet by and by. We have this treasure. What is the treasure he's talking about? He's talking about the light that he compared to the, what's in Jesus Christ. This treasure. And we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Meaning this treasure is on the inside of me, Vic. This, this treasure is right here. This treasure that has the ability to, to help me overcome this, this treasure. This treasure that God commanded light in the darkness. This treasure where God took in the midst of the chaos that God said light be. That same light is on the inside of you. That same light is on the inside of me. And we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. That the excellency of the power of God, power may be of God and not of us. Then he says this, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Meaning I'm troubled, but you know, it doesn't matter. I have a treasure in an earthen vessel. I have a treasure. It doesn't matter if I'm, I'm surrounded. I have a treasure. It doesn't matter if, if, if this is, is, is happening to, it doesn't matter if this happened to me yesterday because of Jesus. I have a treasure on the inside of me and it's a treasure that will cause me to win. It's a treasure that will cause me to overcome. It will a treasure to walk me through the valley of the shadow of death. It's a treasure that will heal my body. It's a treasure that will restore my mind. It's a treasure that will restore my future. It's a treasure that will set me on the path that God has for my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. They say, I have a treasure on the inside of me. And that treasure will cause me to win. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You see, the word... Cassie referred to it and Rick referred to it. And this word, you see, this word is God's desire for you. This word is God's desire for you. The moment, moment that man fell, God, God spoke his desire. 
And years later, Moses had the, 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 the ability and the relationship with God to write it down for you and I. And so Moses was a prophet and he was speaking. He was a priest and he was speaking into us. And what was he? He was releasing God's desire. You know, today, you know, a, an apostle like Dr. Savell is what is an apostle, a man that's sent with a message. Well, what's the message? The message is God's desire. What does a prophet do? A prophet is doing what? They're declaring what God wants. A prophet is declaring what God desires. What does a pastor do? A pastor directs you in what God desires. What does a teacher do? A teacher reveals to you how God does things to cause you to walk in what he desires. So whether we're talking apostle, a prophet, evangelist, teacher, whatever we're talking about, it's always to speak to what God desires. And as your pastor this morning, I'm, I'm speaking to you today because of what God desires, that, that God doesn't desire for you to stay in your brokenness. God doesn't want you to, desti- to stay in your grief. He doesn't want you to stay in your offense. He doesn't want you to stay in your unforgiveness. Why? Because of Jesus, you have the DNA of a winner on the inside of you. And the answer, just like it was Paul, is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the difference maker. The spirit of God is the difference maker. Let me just show you this because what prophet declares what God's desire is. Let's go to Joel chapter two. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We thank you for the word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now, I'm not going to give you, have time to give the backstory in this, but bottom line, the children of Israel... We're in bondage. In a nutshell, bondage. But when mankind was in bondage because of the nature of humanity at the time, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, what? They just represent a society without God. That's bottom line what it is. So, so the only way to operate is without God is what? In selfishness and what I want. And so here, God's people were in bondage to other nations' selfishness. And yet, yet God, in the midst of their brokenness, he tells them to fast. And it brings, and it also, why, why do they fast? One, because they have to fast so they can hear God's desire. They're, they're needing to cleanse the town. They're needing to cleanse their heart out so they can hear God's desire. And in, in chapter two, he talks about fat, calling a fast. Then he talks about the, the, the deliverance that's going to take place. And he says this in Joel chapter two, verse 21. And he says, fear not, O land. I could say, fear not, Annette. Fear not, Phil. Fear not, Cassie. Fear not, Steve. Fear not, God's people. Fear not, heritage of faith. Fear not. He's speaking God's desire. So in the midst of their bondage, in the midst of their, their brokenness, God speaks his desire. And it was his desire. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. The Lord will do great things. See, I, see, you have to see, see that word, see the word will produce hope in your life. And, and what does God speak? Fear not. The Lord will do great things. I, I want you to know now, no matter what you've been through or what other people have done to you and the abuse that's happened to you, I want you to say, no, fear not. The Lord will do great things. 
See, the, the beginning for God to work, it has to begin with faith and it has to begin from a word from God. So God, so what, so faith can come. So faith comes and what was, what was the word? Hey, we're in bondage, but you know what? Don't fear. Why? Because God's going to do great things. Hallelujah. Say this after me. God, God is doing great things in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 2020 new doors. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. New doors. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Opening. So supernatural increase. See, that sounds like a word of God is going to do some great things. Great things. You see, this is, but see, God had to speak something. But then what does he do after this? Verse, verse 28. He says, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. So, so what's the answer? He speaks the word. And then he says, I will pour out my spirit. Meaning the answer to humanity is always going to come to two things. The word of God and the spirit of God. They have to work together. The Holy Spirit is not greater than the word and the word is not greater than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent to reveal the word. So what we have to understand is, 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 is what we're hearing God's desire. And what is God's desire? That they be free. But how were they going to be free? My spirit. How was Paul going to walk free? I have a treasure in an earthen vessel. Let's go to Isaiah 44. Remember, what does a prophet do? A prophet reveals God's desire. Thank you, Father. Isaiah 44. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Well, my desire is for that clock to slow down. <laughs> Isaiah 44. We're going somewhere. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you. Verse 1 says, Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant. Jacob represents people with a covenant. It represents God's people that have a promised covenant. He says, My servant Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord who made you, informed you from the womb. Who will help you? <laughs> Who's going to help you today? <laughs> what are you facing today? Who's going to help you? <laughs> See, he's asking them a question. Who's going to help you? See, I, in my mind, there's times when, when if the Lord asked me that question, who's going to help you? I'm like, well, I've got my parents. I've got my grandparents. I can do this. I can make that work. I can do that. I can manipulate that person. I can, I can go, I can go drink a little more. I can do that because if I just drink a little more, then, then I don't have to think about that. And then I don't have to deal with that. And, and so who's going to help you? But what is his first response? Here they're in bondage and his, his response is, Thank you. Fear not. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant. And you, Yeshurun, the upright one, applied to Israel as a type of the Messiah, whom I have chosen. Verse 3. For I will pour water upon him who is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. 
Meaning, meaning the, the ground must have been dry. Who's going to help the dry ground? Who's going to help your brokenness? Who's going to help you in, in the midst of your wilderness? Who's going to help you when nothing seems to be working? And he says, he says this, he goes, he goes, I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing upon your descendants. What's the answer? I will pour my spirit. I will pour my spirit on your offspring. See, it's interesting. He said, he didn't say them. He didn't say, I'm going to pour my spirit on you. He said, there's coming a time I'm going to pour it out in your offspring. And who's the offspring? We are. We are. We are. We're, we're the offspring, Ms. Carolyn. We're the offspring. He, he said, I will, what is the answer to the position they're in? I will pour my spirit out on their offspring and what I will pour my blessing upon their people. Wow. And then what happens? And they shall spring up among the grass, like the willows and the poplars by water, water course. They will spring up. They will spring up. They will spring up. You see, the answer to wherever you're at is the spirit of God and the word of God. Let's go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Mm. Hallelujah. Actually, go to John chapter 6 for the sake of time. Thank you, Father. John chapter 6. In John chapter 14... Jesus, I believe he was a, he was a priest. I believe he was a prophet. And what does a prophet do? They declare God's desire. And what did, what did Jesus say? What did he say? He says, I'm sending a comforter. He goes, I have to go away. And in John chapter 16, Vic, he says, it's expedient that I go away. I mean, I have to go. I have to get out of here because if I don't get out of here, then the Holy Spirit can't come. See, some people would just say, say, well, I just settle for Jesus. Well, Jesus just didn't settle for himself. He said, it's expedient that I go away because if I don't go away, then the Spirit of God can't come. Jesus is the Word, but also Jesus realized that we needed a treasure in an earthen vessel. So we could say, I might be troubled on every side, yet I'm not distressed. Yes, yes. Do, do you see this this morning? Do you see this this morning? In John chapter 6. Thank you, Father. I believe it's verse 62. He goes, What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? He says, verse 3, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. The spirit quickens. It's the spirit that quickens. It's his spirit that makes alive. It's his spirit that produces life. It's his spirit that brings restoration. The spirit quickens, but the flesh profits nothing. You see, I can only do so much in myself. See, just in Justin and himself, I'm natural. But I'm telling you, when his spirit came into my life, I became supernatural. Jesus said that this comfort that I'm sending would not only be with you, but he said it would be in you 
for a short time. No, in you forever. See, this treasure in an earthen vessel, it quickens, it makes alive. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your word. It quickens. Thank you, Father. Go to Romans 15 and I'll close with this. Thank you, Father. Everyone stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you quicken. You quicken and make alive. And then Jesus, right after that, said, he says, my words are spirit and they are life. I wish I could tell you there's another answer to overcome. I wish I could tell you there's another way to do it. But I'm telling you, it's through his word and through his spirit that brings the victory in your life. Thank you, Father. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. See, he's a God of hope. If I go back and read 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5 and 6, and he said, and he said, when I came to Macedonia, he said, he said, our flesh had no rest. We were troubled, but we were troubled on every side. With, without were fightings, within were fears. And he said, but there's a God that commands, there's a God that comforteth. He's a God that brings comfort. The comfort isn't going to come from just feeding on natural things. Even in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, when he said it's the God who comforts, and then he says, he goes, and I'm so grateful for Titus coming that he, he strengthened me. See, there's a, there's a hope and a comfort that can come from believers. But there's a comfort that comes from the word of God and the spirit of God. And here he says, now the God of hope or comfort fills you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't know what you've experienced in the past and what you've walked through. But I want you to know the Spirit of God is here today. If you've received Jesus, you're a new creation. If you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, He is is big on the inside of you. You have hope on the inside of you. The God of hope fill you with all peace and joy in believing that the God of hope, hallelujah, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Abound in hope. Abound in hope. I want you to know that whatever you faced in the past and whatever anything's done, anyone's done to you in the past, that it could be something that wouldn't keep you in your past. But you would allow the word and you would allow the spirit of God to breathe hope on the inside of you. I remember I was working at a liquor store and My mom kept wanting me to go to the service. And this was really about a year and a half to two years before I really got born again. And I remember 
coming to the service and she wanted me to hear this, this gentleman speak. And he was a psalmist. He operated as a, as a prophet. And, and, and my mom kept saying, well, just come, just come. And I was like, mom, I, I don't want to go to church. I, I don't want to go to church. I, I just don't, I, you know, and, and I said, okay, you really need to hear this guy. I'm like, okay, okay. So, so I finally, I, I gave in and she warmed me down enough and, and which is probably the Holy Spirit wearing me down. <laughs> and, I, and I remember coming to service and I think I've only made told this story once years ago and I was coming in, I was sitting kind of where, thank you, where Brenda is, but maybe, well, probably I was sitting next uh, to Jessica, where kind of where Jessica was in the service. I, feel, feel, I felt like that was far enough away. I was safe. I could hide amongst the crowd. And this gentleman ministered the word and, and he, he started just, uh, someone was playing the piano like Cassie is right now. And, and he, he started singing the songs out of his heart and he would just go up to different people and, and he'd pretty much read their mail and, and would sing a song, but do it in song form. It was just beautiful. And, and, and I'm sitting there as a sinner, I'm sitting there as someone that I have an idea of God, but but he's not real to me. And I'm standing there and, and I see him going to different people and he's ministering to different people. And, and he, he, he seemed to get closer. When I say closer, he at least stepped into the right aisle here and I'm going, okay, he's getting closer. And, and so, so, you know, by the time he got farther down the aisle, I think I was where with Mr. Uh, where Mr. Brazil was. I'm kind of working my way over a little more because, because I know what I did last night. And, and, you know, I'm like, I don't want him to read my mail and, and I don't want everybody to know my junk and, and, you know, I don't want him to know. And, and so, so here I am. If I, if I figured if I don't look at him, then I'm, I'm safe. You know, don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. You know, it's like you, you see me preaching. Don't make eye contact with him. He may, you know, uh, and I'm standing there and, and he walk, goes down the aisle and all of a sudden he gets to my row and I'm really getting, maybe I need to use the restroom right now. This would be a really good time. Maybe I just need to make a back door. I don't know. But, but I'm standing there and, and I'm just, I'm not going to look that way. I'm not going to look that way. And um, actually, I was facing this way because he was coming from this side. And all of a sudden, I, everything got really quiet. And I turn around and he's like this far away from my face. And he looks at me and he grabs me by the neck. Not in a, literally, by the neck. I kind of felt like Dr. Savell, you know, you kept coming to church. Are you, did you, Mom, did you tell him about me? Mom was like, she's like, no, I didn't. That was afterwards, but, but, it, but all of a sudden he started speaking and my mind, this and that. Now he started speaking and he was saying things about me that no one knew and they weren't negative. It wasn't like, like, you know, bad things, but it was about the, my core, my insecurities, my fears, what I thought about myself. And as he spoke, I don't necessarily remember all the individual words, but all I could do was weep. All I could do was weep. Not weeping because my feelings were hurt, not weep because it was made, I don't know why I'm crying. I really I don't know all that he's saying because right now I'm like, people are looking at me, but I'm crying. What was happening? The spirit of God was ministering to me. And I didn't know it. Didn't know it was the spirit of God at the time. 
And he started, and he got done speaking. He let go of my neck. And he said this, he said, from this day forward, you are marked man. You are distinguished in God's eyes. And he started singing a song, what a difference you'll make in their lives. I remember that to this day, that part of it today. From this day forward, you're a marked man. That began a work in my life. You know what? I didn't yield my heart to God that day. You know, I I was stubborn. In the natural, you could say I was a fool. Here, God ministered to me. And and now I know it was the spirit of God. But yet it still took me almost two years before I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Some of you know the story how I had a respiratory disease. All that happened after that. It wasn't God. It was the enemy trying to destroy me. All because the enemy didn't want what he had said to happen. And I want you to know, through the word of God and the spirit of God, Jesus on the inside of you, what a difference you'll make in their lives. What a difference you'll make in the next generation. What a difference you'll make in your children. What a difference you'll make. What a difference you'll make. Doesn't matter what the enemy's done, what people have done to you. I want you to know this. That you may abound. That's my prayer for each one of us. That you will abound in hope. That you'll get a picture of something greater than your past. A greater expectation. But it happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what? After that day when that gentleman ministered to me. Even though I'd be out doing things. That would come up to my... That that would... That that will come up in my heart. Will come up in my heart. Will just come up in my heart and like constantly the Spirit of God working in me. What? To take me out of darkness and bring me into light. And that's the same thing that He wants to do for each one of us. We all have maybe aspects of darkness we've dealt with in the past, or maybe some darkness you're dealing with today. But I want you to know. Freedom is found only in him. I wish I had another answer for you, but it's in him. I think that's what I was trying to find two more years of trying to find the answer in myself. I can make this. Happen. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can get through this. I can get beyond this. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith thank you father thank you father thank you father you know you are a conduit an instrument of the Holy Spirit. 
So I want you to place, just for the sake of time, just your hand on your left and your right, just a person on your shoulder. I want you to pray over them. And I believe for some here, some of you, you've, you've walked in some challenging shoes, so to speak. You've experienced some difficult things. But I truly believe that the Holy Spirit is going to speak a fresh word into your heart. And it's a fresh word that's going to bring hope. And as he speaks that word to you, maybe it's a word that he's telling you to release something and let it go. Maybe it's a word that, that's saying, hey, it's time for you to rise up. He's maybe saying to you, it's time for you to, to, to pick up the vision. Maybe he's going to say to you, it's time for you to, to realize there's greater things in you than what you've realized. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. Moving up and down every single aisle and out of every single row, ministering life. Life, 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 life. Hallelujah, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Those that came in here with no rest. Those that came in here with no rest. Hallelujah. If you came in here this morning and you say, Pastor, I came in here with no rest. Lift your hand up. Lift your hand up right where you are. Lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. I see those hands. See those hands. Hallelujah. I see those hands. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Eric, Eric. Go, go lay hand on his hand, uh, this hand that's up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Rachel. Rachel, turn around and lay your hands on that lady behind you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you. I thank you that rest comes. Rest comes. Oh, I thank you for fresh, fresh, fresh peace. I thank you for hope arising in this place today. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, I thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Father, I thank you for what a difference. Thank you for what a difference you've made in our lives. What a difference Jesus has made in us. And I thank you, Father, what a difference we'll make in others. What a difference we'll make in Crowley, Texas. What a difference we'll make in South Fort Worth. What a difference we'll make in our children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of this Jesus. Because of the Spirit of God and because of the Word of God. Oh, we thank you for it, Father. Oh, we thank you for it, Father. Oh, hallelujah. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. Oh, you're faithful. You're faithful. Your promises never fail. Hallelujah. And I thank you for those promises. Hallelujah. That has been spoken into hearts. Those promises that have been spoken over destinies. I declare those promises will come to pass. Hallelujah. I, I come against the spirit of death. I come against the spirit of suicide. And I declare that death, you cannot have them. You cannot keep them bound. You cannot break them. You cannot, you cannot hold them back from their destiny. I thank you that their greatest days are ahead of them and not behind them. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I declare every bit of oppression, every bit of darkness, every bit of brokenness. I bind you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that, that just as Jesus spoke to that demon-possessed man and cast the spirit out of him, he said he was clean clothed and in his right mind. I thank you, Father, those that have been experiencing oppression, I declare that oppression is broken in the name of Jesus. And it's going to affect them on the inside. Then it's going to affect how they dress, how they treat themselves, 
how they eat, how they do things. Hallelujah. Because that oppression is broken off of them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Woo. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Father. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give your neighbor a high five and say, tell them what a difference you're going to make in their life. Hallelujah. Look to your other side and tell them what a difference you're going to make in their life. Woo. Hallelujah. Give them a shout of praise today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Man, you received this word today. Hallelujah. My prayer is today that you leave here with hope. Mm. That you leave here full of faith. Mm. Hallelujah. You have world overcoming faith on the inside of you. Now remember, we don't do these things in our own self. We don't do these things in our own ability. There's always the work of grace. By grace... Are you saved through faith? And that not of yourselves, it is a gift from God. What's the gift? It's grace. We don't change ourselves. What was working in my life that day was grace. The Holy Spirit working is a, is a spirit of grace. Word spoken to you is a word of grace. I'm telling you, and it will carry you to God's promised land for your life. Hallelujah. Annette and I, we love you. We believe in you. And we believe that you are going to have a week of supernatural increase. We believe that you're going to have a week of promotion. You're going to have a week of prosperity. You're going to have a week where you're blessed coming in and blessed going out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Vic, we call you blessed as you head to Africa this week. You and Jim, God's hands on you is going to make you great and give you strength as you go in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you all. God bless. Have a great week. And we'll see you, see you later this week. Later.